Hello and welcome to Grace Church Vienna. This Sunday we have evangelist Stefan Herfler with us again and based on the story of King David, he will talk more about our heart. How was David's heart revealed when he sinned and when he was confronted with it? Why did God call David a man after his own heart despite of David's failure and what example can David be for us? Join us today and see that God wants our hearts to truly long for him and how this sends a message to others around us. So now, this is Stefan. Guys, it's really nice to see you and you can hear me. Yes. I think this is really brilliant. There's so many young young people here. So many young If you are above 50 or 60, you're still young, so, all right, so, so feel yourself also included. Um, if you don't know me, my name is Stefan Höfler, I'm, I'm 100% bred Austrian, Austrian, Austrian bread, yeah, um, yeah, B-R-E-D, I like bread, but, okay. and uh, this, this church here was my home for about 13 years, so I'm very thankful, I can't repeat this often enough. This is where I, people messed up my English. So, sorry, to say, sorry to say that. My English friends always say they don't talk English. They speak American. So anyway, so, just, um, just, it was really nice yesterday uh, going out um, on the street. We were actually just less than an hour um, in the neighborhood. Um, we spent some time also thinking about how we can share our story, our life story with God, our testimony, um, asking questions. Uh, I think that's very, very important. See how, how we communicate. We're not just saying words. We communicate ourselves, the heart gesture. We're communicating relationship. I don't want to get into it and repeat all, all of this. We can do it another time. Um, but um, just one thing, um, Jubi, Jubi already said this, and if I just add one thing, we... Who was with me? Not Belle. Um, yeah, Kate was with me. Kate, we went out. And terrible with names, Mali. Um, and so we just went around the corner. And one of the ladies, we saw a lady with a, walking her dog. And so we just go up. She was waiting at the traffic light. And, and we asked her, uh, can, I ask, can we ask her questions? And so we're going through, is there anybody? Is there a God? very straightforward. It was very friendly. And one of the questions was, uh, what would be your greatest desire, your wish from God? And she was very personal, surprisingly personal. So at the end, Kate remembered her, what she said. And, we, and she offered to pray for her. Pray for her. So we were standing there, just at the corner, outside of, the, oh, it's over there, a girdle. And we could pray for her. So what an amazing Encounter. Uh, we've we've talked for maybe 20 minutes, but it was got so personal. Who knows what God can do with this? Um, all right. So a little bit of a um, about yesterday. Um, if you if you know me, then uh, when you know that m big part of my ministry is going on the streets. So actually, one of the things I like is I don't have to stand here, but I can be very close to people. That's what I like. Facebook. That's brilliant, yeah? So, but I think for sound, sound reasons, I go back up here. And uh, I, if you're interested in uh, some outreach dates, um, early August will be probably Thursday to Friday. We'll change the, change the schedule a little bit. But 
just if you have if you're interested say oh, I'd like to go to one of the out, the outreaches take an ice cream stand part of the team listen uh, or even be willing to have a conversation so come and see me afterwards if you want to have uh, some some dates for the outreaches here in Vienna so we we're doing um, in our my home church in Enns, um, any of you know Enns? Or who, who does not know Enns? All right, okay, Enns. Well, <laughs> what you need to know about Enns is the oldest city of Austria. Okay, really p- beautiful, and we are, have the privilege to live right in the city center, next to the city tower, and we have a small um, evangelical church there. We are about summer times twenty five people, and if there's a lot of people, it's tw- 45 or with guests maybe 50 but something about that so it's rather small church and one of, what we do um, as a preaching series um, going through the summer is we look at the book of Psalms and um, I thought could, could I try my message on you is, is that okay and you give me a feedback if I can do this next week as well <laughs> so and um, who of you knows what psalms actually means? Does anybody know what psalms actually means? It means praise, yeah? So it's a collection of poetry, of prayers, of songs. And um, very interesting, uh, C.S. Lewis said something. Uh, I hope you, you can follow this. C.S. Lewis said that psalms are poems that should be sung. Uh, they are not theological formations, uh, and sermons, they need to be understood as works of poetry. Otherwise, we will lose their meaning and message, and we might misinterpret them. So you want to be careful to take, to build your theology, your system of theology on the Psalms. For example, there, you know, the person who writes the Psalm would, would, would pray for, for vengeance, would pray for, for judgment of God, uh, would you know, he would pour out his anger, and some of the things in there don't seem very nice. Uh, and you might think, well, yeah, I think Jesus prayed differently, didn't he? Pray, f- you know, for God to forgive uh, his enemies. But the Psalms are very honest. Um, so, also, you can learn so much about Jesus through the Psalms. Jesus prayed. Not just at the cross, he was praying Psalm 22. He was praying, God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Um, but you find a lot of what is in the Psalms, Jesus would pray that. You could get to know Jesus also through the Psalms. And today we'll look at one Psalm in particular, Psalm 51. Um, I think, I'm not sure if we communicated it well, but because I'm not going to mention Ezekiel. Um, who of you knows, um, hmm, before that, let's jump in, before I'll do that. I'm not sure about you, what you like to watch, what kind of movies you like, or what books you like to read. One of the, the last books, the recent books that I read was, um, it's not a Christian book, it's called Bad Blood. And it's the story, it's a very recent book, uh, and it's a, the story of... Of a, of a businesswoman and also her team, uh, for example, her partner. Uh, it's called Elizabeth Holmes. And it was one of the biggest, well, actually, it was the biggest scandal, the biggest uh, um, 
fraud in Silicon Valley um, ever, really. Um, they, they, they fooled and they lied to people for years and years. Uh, very interesting to read. Elizabeth Holmes, and the book is called Bad Blood. And there's just been a court. Uh, they've been taking her to court. Uh, they're, they're working on a, on a film, a movie about it. And just, just to read that, there's some crazy things in there. How she would show a great face and very dynamic. She fooled even some of the top politics, politicians and investors in the States for years. And even after the whole thing came down, somebody, uh, an, a, an investigative journalist from the, I think, New York Times, just investigated it. With, it was very difficult. Uh, but he, when he found out the truth, and she was confronted with the truth, she still had no remorse. There's not, not being sorry or anything. It, it, quite incredible. Quite incredible to read. Um, so that's just one thing. Um, Bad blood. If you want to read something interesting, um, a fic- not fictional story, that's, might, might, you might want to read something like this. Also, I recently, actually just um, I think two days ago, I, I watched a documentary on the dictators of North Korea. And actually it was, uh, Kim, was it, Kim, help me, I wrote it down just not to forget. I messed up all these names. So it was Kim Il-sung who started kind of the whole dictatorship. And then the, the documentary was on his son, um, King Yom Il. Sorry, I, I, I mess up all these Kims, and I'm terribly bad with names anyway. So this, the story was actually focusing on, on the second dictator. And it's just terrible of what this man did. Um, and don't even want to go into detail. There are many stories like this. Do you have, for example, Haiti? And there was an evil man there for many, many years, killing thousands of people. Papa Doc. Ever heard the name Papa Doc? And the reason why he was called Papa Doc is because he started helping a lot of his people, bringing penicillin to the remotest places of the island. And then he, and he switched in his whole life and personality, became one of the most evil persons. And there are many people like that, right? And you know, here we have Hitler and Stalin and Mussolini and Pol Pot and all these terrible people. And, but you know, of course, the evil is not just out there, right? It's very easy to say, oh yeah, if it, wouldn't been, if it would have not have been for Hitler. But you know, somebody else would have taken his place. Or if we would have had some of that power, what would we have done with it? Would power have corrupted us? It's not just the, the evil out there. The question is, what about my evil? And I talk to people on the street very often. And one of the situations that I find all the time is we can talk about all the bad things out there. Why is the, bad, the world so evil? And it's very, very comfortable to talk about that. But it's hard to talk What's wrong with me? Is that also your experience? I'd like to talk, I'd like to, we, look, we want to look at Psalm 51. And we want to look at some of the things about the life of King David, who actually wrote this uh, poem, uh, this psalm, uh, this prayer. 
Psalm 51. But before we actually read this, um, this psalm together, um, we can help together. We can work together. What was this evil thing? What was what the story of, of King David? What did he do? We can read back in, in the book of 2 Samuel, uh, chapter 11 and 12. Help me. I, st- I start you off and you can help me uh, to continue to, fi- to fill up the story. So it was time for the harvest was over and they were going to war. And King David stayed back home. And one day he would probably enjoy himself, enjoy life. And he would walk on top of his house, the palace. And he looked out and what did he see? He thought this, he, he saw this, wow, what a woman. And he, what a woman. By the way, that was just her head. Uh, no, that's, that's a joke. And he didn't just look at her. Some even speculate, maybe he didn't just go do this once. Maybe he did it more often. Um, maybe it was a habit. We don't know. Anyway, so he was out there. He saw this, this beautiful woman. And he called for her. And the story continues. Um, affair outside of marriage. She was married. What happened then? He tried to cover it up because she was married to this guy Uriah. He hit tight. Uh, what, was, what, he, what, what did he try to do? Or what did, what was, what did he do? He said, "Hey!" So he called. He called her husband back from from the war zone to come report, and then he should enjoy himself uh, in his house, and of course also be with his wife. All right, so the guy didn't do that. He was very, very faithful. He slept uh, just at the entrance of, of uh, the king's house. Okay, what happened then? Well, so his whole cover-up didn't work. So first he walks, he sees, he sees this beautiful woman. He has, all, he has all these women. He has lots of women. But he has sex with this woman. He needs to have this woman. So that was wrong. And then he tries to cover it up. How does he want to cover it up since the first thing doesn't work? What does he do with... Sorry? Well, he doesn't kill him, right? He just, he just tells him, put him on the front line where the battle is the fiercest and he should be there. But he plans so that her husband will die. Okay, and you know, probably nobody would know. I guess that's kind of the story goes. Later on, he takes Bathsheba to be his wife. That's a good king, right? Brilliant. All good. But then there was a prophet. Yeah, the prophet Nathan, and he came and confronted the king, and he told him the story of a big farmer and a one man who only had one sheep. You can you read this. David gets very furious how injustice, what, what an unjust story. And then prophet says, David, king, that's you. So he's confronted. And his sin is not hidden anymore. And then King David writes this psalm, Psalm 51. Actually also Psalm 50, uh, 33. There are altogether about se- there are seven psalms about, about repentance, and the two, Psalm 51 and 32, they go they go together. Now I'm not sure about you. Um, you know, you're all very nice people, right? 
But if, 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 I, if my wife comes to me and she said, Stefan, oh, you, why did you do this? Or you really make me upset. What is my first reaction? My first reaction oftentimes is, I want to defend myself. Yeah? Uh, probably doesn't only happen to me, right? Yeah? It doesn't happen to you. Um, but my first reaction is defense. How come you blame me? Yeah? Um, why? The things where I, of course, I know some things I've done wrong, but the other things where I justify myself. You know, there are reasons why I did this. Or, I'm not sure about you if you ever heard this, but I, um, maybe you've come across this. Somebody said, you know, yeah, okay, they've, they've done something that's they shouldn't have not have done. Uh, they lied, you know, or they did a bit of too much talking, guys looking pornography, whatever, cheating on the test. And then you say, ah, you know what, that just happened. It happened to me. Right? You ever heard to hear this? It happened to me. It happened to me that I lied or, or I said a few too many things. You know, all these things, they don't happen. Many of these things, we do them. I do them. King David didn't just happen and stumble on this, oops, oh, there's a beautiful woman inside in front of me. He did it. That's how sin is. Let's read Psalm 51. Uh, if you want to continue, I'm reading from the New International Version. And I'd like to read, can we read the whole Psalms? Is that okay? Have mercy on me, O God, according to your unfailing love, according to your great compassion. Wash away all my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. For I know my transgression, and my sin is always before me. Against you, you only have I sinned, so that you are proved right when you speak. And you justify when you judge. Surely, I was sinful at birth, sinful from the time my mother conceived me. Surely, you desire truth in your inner parts, or in the inner parts, and you teach me wisdom in the inmost place. Cleanse me with hyssop, and I shall be clean. Wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. Let me hear joy and gladness. Let the bones you have crushed rejoice. Let my bones be crushed. Hide your face from my sins and blot out my iniquity. Create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. You probably know this from a song. Verse 11. Do not cast away from do not cast me away from your presence or take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore me the joy of your salvation and grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. Then I will teach transgressors your ways and sinners will turn back to you. Save me from blood guilt, O God, the God who saves me. And my tongue will sing your righteousness. O Lord, Open my lips, and my mouth will declare your praise. You do not delight in sacrifice, or I would bring it. You do not take pleasure in burnt offerings. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart. O oh God, 
you will not despise. In your good pleasure, make Zion prosper, make Israel prosper. Build up the walls of Jerusalem. Then there will be righteous sacrifices, burnt, whole burnt offerings to delight you. Then bulls will be offered on your altar. That is Psalm 51. Uh, we, we, we will only skim. There's much more in the Psalms. Um, David starts off with throwing himself on, onto a merciful God. Have mercy. That's what he calls out. Have mercy, O oh God. David knows that the God of the Old Testament is a God who hates sin, but a God who loves the sinner. You know, many people today, they think, if you talk with them on the street, that the Old Testament is just blood and terror. But the God of the Old Testament is a loving God, a God who wants to be like a shepherd uh, for sheep, a God who wants to be like a father. David knew that his God, his, his God is, is, a, is a merciful God. And now as, he's open, and as his sin is opened in, and, and he cannot hide anymore, what does he do? He, he does the right thing. He comes in front of his God. And first he throws himself onto, the, onto the, the mercy. And he knows that he's dependent on the mercy. Because he, de- he deserves judgment. That's what a terrible thing that he did, right? And even if I cheat or lie, just, I don't, you know, we can say, oh, I've never, I will never do anything like this, Yes? How terrible him. What a bad, bad person. I would never be like him. Really? Maybe I would not murder somebody, but I've done other things, right? Me, I've I've really, really struggled to forgive somebody, a classmate of mine. For years, I've really, really struggled. Jesus says, if I have hatred and unforgiving heart, that's where murder starts. So my heart is not that different. I struggle with lust at times. Am I that different to David? David throws himself onto God. And we can do that as well. We have a, a God who loves us. Despite all, he knows everything about us, right? I don't have to play up anything. I don't have to you know, say nice words. But God knows. God actually doesn't like, I, I'm convinced, God doesn't like, you know, us being religious. God wants us, God wants me and you to be honest. That's what he wants. Have mercy on me, God. And he says, I know my transgressions. See, David does not look for an excuse anymore. Maybe you've done it before. But here he comes to the point where he's not looking for an excuse. You know, they've done this to me. You know, my wife didn't give me what I want. You know, I was bullied at school. I was not giving the, the right, what I deserve at the job. That's what... He doesn't do that anymore. He realizes it didn't just happen, but had, that he did it. And he confesses. I think that's very important for us as well. I'm not sure about you, but uh, you know, sometimes I, I can catch myself or I listen to even, you know, it's easier to listen to others. <laughs> you always can see the fault easier in others. 
But even myself, you know, do I, do I just say, oh, you know, God, I, oh, forgive me. Maybe God would ask, uh, what? It's very good for us to actually be precise, to be specific, and to speak. You know what I mean? To say, God, I have done this. That was wrong. That's very good for us, that we actually put into words what is the specific problem. I think David also did it here. Well, we... He doesn't exactly say all the details, but be specific. When you ask God for forgiveness, be specific. Not just say, God, oh, I'm sorry. God might say, uh, sorry about what? It's very good for us. It's very good for you. It's very good for me. We're specific. So he's got, he throws himself onto a gentle God. He confesses. His, his, his sin, he doesn't hide it anymore. He doesn't look for excuses or a way out. David says that his sin is first against God. He says he has actually only t- sinned against God. Wait, wait a second. Didn't he, didn't he do evil against Bathsheba and her husband and the family? Yes. But even more than that, sin is against God. That's hard, right? Hard to grasp. That's really hard to grasp. But every time God is not allowed to be God in my life, I play God. I decide. I make up my rules. And so sin is always first against God. I rebel against Him. That dates back all the way to the beginning of the Bible. I don't want to have God as God in my life. I want to play God. I know it much better. I know what to do. That's our heart's attitude. David longs for restoration. He throws himself onto a holy God, he, but on a merciful God. He's honest about his, about his sin. But he longs for restoration. He longs that God will will take away all of this, blot it out, and and start new. And then at the end, he even just he doesn't pray for himself; he prays for the whole country. And I think he doesn't pray in a self righteous way. Oh God, you know, looking down at Israel, but he sees that his sin is not just inf- influencing him, but it has an effect on his country. There's so much more in that, in the Psalms. So we just skimmed it. What about you and me? When was the last time you felt really bad and terrible about something that maybe you did? Or maybe not even that, maybe just that attitude that you had? Maybe some words that came across? Maybe something you didn't do that you could have helped somebody. And I think that's good. It's good that you, you, you feel sorry about something. But don't get me wrong. You know, we don't have to be like people say, oh, oh, I'm so bad. You talk to somebody, how are you? Oh, I'm such a terrible person. I, I shouldn't actually be here. Right? I, think, I don't think that's... 
You know, there, there, there are even Christ, Christians, like religious Christians, like Philippines, for example, but other places as well, and they would flog themselves. I don't think that we have to do that. I don't think we have to go around and say, oh, I'm such a terrible person, you know. Right? You don't have to do that. So you can actually be quite happy about it. Hey, I'm here. Yeah? Um, but if there is something that, that God brings to your mind or where you realize, hey, I've done something wrong, then it's good to feel sorry about that. To be specific, bring it before God and see if you can actually also, you know, restore the, the situation. Here's an example. Um, one thing I'm willing to share. <laughs> so I, I work at a, um, a few hours at a, at, a, at a bakery in Linz. And so I, I had this colleague, she's Hungarian, and um, we will see each other sometimes. Uh, don't have a very close work relationship, but it was very friendly. Um, and so I thought, hey, I'd like to give you something, like a Christian you know, leaflet. So I gave, took some time for me to, to actually do it. I'm not sure about you, you think about it and it takes time to actually do it. So I did it. Eventually I gave it to, you, to her. I gave her something to read. And then it took me another two or three weeks to actually like, find the courage and the time to ask her if she read it. And, and she, didn't, she wasn't very positive about it. She says, well, you know, I, I think I am, you know, I'm good enough. And, you know, we have Christian background and, and all of this. And so I wanted to challenge her a little bit. And we talked about Christmas. And I said, you know, wouldn't it be, Chris, what is Christmas all about if you don't have Christ? And she got really upset. She got really cross. How dare I, I say things like, oh, she's a nice person. And, you know, I don't want to get into all of this. And, and she's like really, really ticked off. Why do you talk about these things? Why can't we just have a nice working relationship? And so I feel like, you know, and this is all in a very short time. And I feel like, oh, I've really upset her. And I, I even, I, I normally do, I don't do this. I even wake up at night and I, and this comes back to my mind. Normally I can sleep very well. Uh, the difference between my wife and I, my wife worries about many things. I don't care about anything. Okay. <laughs> Now, that's not a cheap excuse. My job is to actually take things to heart. And so I wrestle with this. God, what, what did I do wrong? How, how, how can you, you know, clear this? So the next morning, and she was really upset at me. She was really angry. She was cross, and then, you know, cross your eyes. And, and the next morning, she comes and says, I'm so sorry I've overreacted. I, 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 this was going through, that's just her. This is, I was just going through my mind the whole time. And then I also said, you know, I also, I'm so sorry if I offended you. Now, since then, we didn't talk about faith anymore, but she's always been so friendly. <laughs> just one situation. Now, this is on the light side. But again, let's go back. If God shows you something that you need to set right, I want to encourage you. God is merciful. God is waiting for us to come to Him and being honest. There's this great story that you know. Jesus shared the story of the prodigal son. One of the sons who was enjoying life and 
squandered everything, and most importantly, the son who dishonored and brought shame to the family. And so this son who come back filthy, stinking, bringing, having brought shame over the family, and he came into the arms of the father. And the place of repentance for the son was in the arms of the father. That's where he repented. It was not in the pit. It was in the arms of the father. So I encourage you and I encourage us. Encourage me. Come into the arms of the father. Be honest. Be straightforward. Don't find cheap excuses. Be specific. I say, God, I'm sorry. Give me a new heart. Help me to change. And maybe you wrestle with some things. I do as well. There's some things that you wrestle with. Come again. Come to God. In there's many passages, but just, just, there's just one in the New Testament. The Apostle John writes in the first book of John, chapter 1, verse 8. And he writes here, If we claim that we are without sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sin, He is faithful. God is faithful and just, and he will forgive us from our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. First John chapter 1, verse 8 and 9. I hope I'm allowed to do this. Günther, you're bold. I can do it. Maybe you want to write down one of your, the worst things. I won't look at it. Something you say, oh God, I need this. I'm ashamed of this, or this is something, a really a problem that I caused. Who's bold? Beate is bold. Ich schau nicht drauf. Write something and fold it up. Anybody else who wants to... This is just a little... This is not anything religious. It's not anything magic that will happen. Just a little illustration. It's good to be specific. Somebody else could do this, but I'm, I'm just asking some people that I think that might be bold enough. Just write something down and, and close it. Maybe today you want to take the opportunity to talk with somebody that you trust and talk openly about something that you struggle with, um, something that you want to confess with somebody to God. That can be very helpful. Something that we can learn from the story here is the question, do you have a Nathan? Do you have somebody like the prophet who challenged David with his sin? Do you have somebody in your life who has the right 
to challenge you to say, how are you really doing? Uh, I'm thankful that I have somebody like that who's really, really challenging me, but who's also very graceful, who doesn't just hang me, allow me to hang in midair and unforgiveness, and, but who brings me close to the grace and the mercy of God. I, I encourage you that you have somebody like, like that. There's many, many more lessons in there. I want to encourage you, again, come to a merciful God. Be honest and real. You don't have to play around. Know that God is willing to forgive you because Jesus died for our sin. He, he, he promised. Hast du es? Okay. Du hast es schon eingegeben. Du hast es schon eingegeben. Wo hast du es hingegeben? Du hast es noch da. Maybe you want to drop this, whatever you've written on it. Don't give it to me. It's just between. And it's, again, that's just a symbol. It's, we don't do anything specially religious now. It's just an illustration. Maybe you want to drop it into the water. Günther. Who else? Sophia? Wem habe ich noch etwas gegeben? Anybody else? Beate. Just put it in there. Again, this is just a little illustration, but if you give it to God, it's gone. He will take our sin and throw it in the deepest waters. And you come to God and you say, God, remember, back then I did these terrible things and God might say, I don't remember. You're my son, you're my child, you're my daughter. I love you. Thank you for confessing. Thank you for being honest. This is what I would wish to you, that you experience that in a new, a new way and that God will give us a new heart of, of, of honesty. That's what I need. You know, I, I like to play cool sometimes, you know, guys, but that God wants to give me a heart that cares, a, a heart that is... And a mindset that is concerned about what is right and wrong. And also, like David prayed, that he would be restored and actually be used of God. God wants to give you a heart that is involved in good. Let's pray. Thank you so much for listening. I encourage you, read Psalm 51. Read Psalm 32 for yourself. Take this. Think about it. And hope there's something for you that you can take home, uh, apply to your own life. Let's pray. Dear God, thank you that you are merciful and you are a God who's willing to forgive. You are also a just God. You hate sin. You don't like evil. You, there's actually going to be judgment. But, some, but thank you for Jesus dying and paying. Not just for the sin out there, but the evil inside of me. And help me to be honest, transparent. Thank you for, a, for a, a good friend that I have who is a Nathan to me, who encourages me and challenges me. Thank you for that. Thank you that you are interested in, in a new motivation, in a changed heart. Thank you that you want to do that, even today, to give me, um, to restore me, to cleanse me, 
to give me a new motivation and desire to to ask for you to ask about you to be concerned about what is right and wrong thank you so much that this is also a message of hope it's not a message of condemnation in Jesus in Christ there's forgiveness of sin if I am in Christ there is no condemnation if we confess and if we are honest about our sin you take it to the deepest waters and it is gone and you remember no more and it frees us up and I thank you so much for my in my life where I've experienced true forgiveness and what an what an empowerment that was and yet at the same time God we don't want to take all these things that don't please you we don't want to take it lightly and we allow you to show us what are the things that you want to set right maybe some things that I've not been aware of yet thank you that you are giving us a new heart you, ch you change our motivation for the good for what pleases you I ask you that you will bless each one of us here thank you that you speak to us through your word and through the fellowship I pray that you bless Grace Church. I pray that this would be a church of, of honest and real relationships. A, a church of friendship. A church where the gospel is taken serious. A church where Christ is on the throne. I pray for, if there's anything that needs to be cleared out, uh, disagreements or all of these things that need to be settled whatever it is God that um, you will give the right way a, a way of grace and mercy of understanding and forgiveness whatever it is that God maybe you speak to us right now very specifically that only I know and then only you know um, speak to us Draw us to yourself. Change our attitude. Renew us. Fill us with joy. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much for coming along um, in this message. Um, it, again, if you want to have a conversation afterwards, you don't have to talk to me. If there's something that you want to talk with somebody, find a person that you trust. Okay. Don't just go away today um, and leave it at that. Be specific and real. But, but you know, don't feel manipulated. Okay? Um, I pray that God will speak to you and encourage you. God bless you.